0: Mercy and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There's so much good news to share. This evening and tomorrow morning we will marvel at the mystery of God-made flesh. But this morning, this morning we move nine months before that. We go backwards nine months in order to marvel at another miracle. I think an unheralded miracle, but one that we do well to appreciate and that in our own lives God helps us to emulate. So go back with me, nine months before Christmas night, actually the Annunciation is celebrated in the church year on March 25th, nine months before Christmas Day, but we get to participate and partake in that today with the angel Gabriel who had a busy year for him. We're not sure what all had been going on for Gabriel for you know, hundreds of years, but this year was a big one for Gabriel. And he goes to Nazareth. Now, much is often made of Nazareth nowadays. And Nathaniel, he says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? But we, we need to take ourselves back there and think about Nazareth. What was Nazareth? It was a small, insignificant backwater. With the help of Google Maps, I was able to go to that and see how long would that take? Walking, because of course they didn't have Uber back then, it was just in the first stages. (laughs) Walking from Jerusalem, the epicenter of religious life, up to Nazareth would take something like 30 hours. It was a couple day walk, a three day walk to get from Nazareth to Jerusalem. For all practical purposes, Nazareth is in a different country from the place where God was really doing the work. The place where they had come to expect that if you wanted to meet the Lord and, and offer your sacrifices and receive atonement, that was the place to be. Nazareth, Nazareth is hardly a whistle stop. It's a wide place in the road at best. It's like Arcadia, right? I go down to my pastor's conferences periodically and every year, every year, it's the same thing. I have to get razzed about Arcadia and people say, oh, Arcadia, you guys have a stoplight up there yet? I'm like... As a matter of fact, we don't. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know how they razzed Mary and other Nazareth folks back then, but undoubtedly they did because it was just a little old village out in the middle of nowhere. It was not a place that you would expect God to be at work. And Mary, it should be said, is not a person with whom you'd expect God to be at work. Who was Mary? We know little about her upbringing although that hasn't stopped christian tradition through the years hence to fill things in details that we don't really know about the idea of the immaculate conception if you hear that phrase it refers not to the birth of jesus but actually supposedly it's come up through tradition and legend that mary herself also experienced a miraculous birth i don't know how far back we need to keep on pushing that but suffice it to say we don't actually know the circumstances of mary's birth or her upbringing but we do learn that she is, she's been a lowly handmaiden. She's a person of low estate. In other words, she wasn't a, a person of means. She wasn't from a, a high-class society or family. She's just a young servant girl, as I said to the kids this morning. She's in all likelihood a young teenager at best, 13, 14, 15, maybe 16 years old. She probably doesn't have her driver's license yet. She's a girl, a simple peasant girl. And yet, to her, the angel Gabriel comes. And we see here, Martin Luther tells us three miracles that then unfold. As the angel Gabriel comes to her, this unexpected way, in this unexpected place. And the first miracle that the angel announces to her is, Mary, you are going to give birth to a child. And just like the kids pointed out, pretty amazing. Wait a second. I'm not yet married, that's not how this works. I mean, I don't know a lot, but I do know that. How miraculous that Mary, a virgin, unmarried young woman, that she is going to give birth to a child. But isn't this how God always works? Theologians have a a fancy phrase to describe creation. They say, ex nihilo, which is a Latin phrase that means out of nothing. Out of nothing. In fact, the Hebrew word that's used in Genesis chapter 1 to describe God creating, bara, it's used only of God. God is the only one who bara's. Humans make. They work with the stuff that God has already created. But God and God alone is the one who creates. He's always working, ex nihilo, out of nothing. And so he does again here. Out of nothing, out of this virgin's womb, God is creating a child a son, a baby. That's the first miracle here. And Luther says, undoubtedly, it is miraculous. But you know what? God's always making out of, out of nothing. Ex nihilo. He says, it's going to get even more miraculous. And so the second miracle is that not only is Mary going to have a child, but that this child is going to be the son of God. Well, this is This is the greatest miracle of them all surely this is the one that we'll be marveling at tonight and tomorrow and all our lives long the fact that god became flesh how could he do this angel gabriel says well the the spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high god will overshadow you it's the same word that's used in the old testament to describe how the the glory of god in the cloud came over the tabernacle and then the temple and so not for nothing does John later in his gospel, when he says those famous immortal words that the word became flesh and, well, and dwelt among us is the way that we usually put it. But he literally says, and tabernacled among us. Because just as once upon a time God overshadowed the tabernacle in the temple, so now, Mary, he will do for you. Oh, I imagine Mary thinking, there's still a lot of blanks that need to be filled in here, Gabriel. Do we have some time to go through some of the details? But no, no. Simply put, not only are you going to have a child, but this miracle too, this child is going to be the Son of God. But then there's a third miracle here. An unheralded, overlooked miracle, which Luther, perhaps just in a fit of excitement or enthusiasm, says, you know what? This might be the greatest miracle of all. I think he's overstating the case, but in any event, what's that third miracle? That Mary believed. That Mary actually believed. So, wait a second, let me get this straight. I'm going to have a child, and this child is going to be the Son of God. Are you sure? Double-check your itinerary there, Gabriel. You sure you've got the right person in the right place? Yes, Mary. You, you have found favor with the Lord. And just pause for a moment here. If we can just put ourselves in that place. And I realize that in retrospect, looking back through history, all of it seems like an inevitability. Like, of course, an angel came to Mary. Where else would he go? And of course, she said, yes, I would be happy to be the mother of the Son of God. This all makes perfect sense. But think about it, at least humanly speaking, in that moment, how history hinges on what comes out of Mary's mouth next. In the beginning, God created out of nothing, and what were his first words? You remember? Let there be light. Now, Mary says these simple words. Let there be a baby. Let it be to me. According to your word. And I doubt that Mary in that moment intends to be echoing the voice of the Creator God in the beginning, but it is certainly the case that now that God who once made out of nothing is making out of nothing once again, out of this Virgin's womb, our Redeemer, the one who is going to recreate all things, including you and me. What a miracle! But friends, I'm here this morning to tell you that this miracle continues. It wasn't just something that happened in Nazareth 2,000 years ago, but it's something that still happens today in this little out-of-the-way place to us little lowly people. Our Lord still comes to us, truly, substantially, He comes to us in his word, which incarnates in our ears the presence of his grace. He comes to us in, with, and under simple bread and wine as our Savior to be born inside each and every one of us. Not only in our mouths, but in our hearts, in our souls. And so what is our response? Mary, for Lutherans, is not one that we worship. We don't venerate her. But we can go a lot further along to emulate her and the miracle that God worked in her life. Because Mary, in that moment, whatever was going on in her mind, in her heart, and undoubtedly she was bewildered, as Beatrice said. And yet she was able to say, this is beyond my knowing, but let it be to me according to your word. So also for you and me, what is faith? Faith is not some great feat of strength Though yesterday was Festivus, it is not some opportunity for us to show how great our power of of will or imagination is. Faith is simply a moment of abandoning trust on the arms, into the arms of our Lord, where you and I say, let it be to me according to your word. This is far beyond all knowing, more than my little mind could ever possibly encapsulate. But you, Lord, you still come, and you work a miracle, even here on Third Street. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.